0: 早 We gon' talk about it right here. We gon' talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. It's today talks right here. We gon' talk about it right here. I'ma talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. Cause it's today talk. And I'ma talk about it. Yeah. Cause it's today talk. And I'ma talk about it. Welcome to this episode of the Tanae Talks podcast. Remember, Tanae Talks, and you listen the podcast that entertains and educates. I actually thought of a new tagline. It's, it's the podcast where you laugh and learn, because you're going to laugh and you're going to learn. You're going to learn so much. and. As you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. If you didn't know, it is May, uh, Mental Health Awareness you don't Month. Don't yet, you know. It's the month of May. And to my listeners um, who have been rocking with me since the beginning, or you follow me on the blog, or if you're, if, you're, if you're new, mental health is near and dear to me as my mother struggled with mental health issues for the majority of her adult life, um, being diagnosed with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia at the age of 29. So the onset for her was 29, and I was just five years old. And so today's episode is entitled Black Male Trauma. Black Male Trauma. And I'll be featuring one of my favorite people in my favorite human beings in the entire world and universe, This Side of Heaven. Um <laughs> I have uh, the the star himself Paris Star aka Lord Paris of America that is literally his legal name his legal name is Lord Paris of America <laughs> <laughs> You make it sound like you know <laughs> <it's> like because <coughs> like who who renames themselves Lord Paris like I, Actually actually it's
1: Lord Paris
0: star, and I just
1: recognize where my lordship is recognized. In (laughs) the United
0: States of America.
1: Yes, Lord Lord Paris. Like, if I were to meet someone from another country, I would be Lord Paris (laughs) of America. You feel what I'm saying?
0: (laughs) My God. Anyway, (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be, you know, since, you know, we're not a royalty
1: States. Exactly, I exactly. guess you could
0: say the world literally recognizes Beyonce as like lit- our literal queen, yeah. which is wild. So I want to be today talks so, so who would be the princess. King? I want to be the princess of a, a podcast, period.
1: Who would you think would be the king?
0: Who would be? Well, jay Z's the king by default. Not Barack. You, you're right. Beyonce's the queen of America. Yeah, Barack, Barack Obama.
1: How does that work? I mean,
0: only in America.
1: Oh, got got power, but I mean, Barack. He
0: ain't wielding the the know, power wheels like he, he in the like Barry.
1: Realm. If you're in the political realm, you got a different type of power.
0: Right, but Beyonce's not even in the political world. They're like, oh, she's the queen.
1: Beyonce is Beyonce.
0: Beyonce is Beyonce. <laughs> so, um, Paris is a returning guest if you've been listening to today's Talks. He was on the uh, Aging Out of Rap episode. Aging out. Are My you too old ass. <laughs> <laughs> When is when is too old to be out here rapping in uh, these streets?
1: Well, I'm thirty six as of two days ago. So uh I wouldn't say that's too old. That's too old to market to kids. We talk, <laughs> but we talked about it. We that. talked about all that.
0: <laughs> Go check out the episode. So Paris is a native of Flint, Michigan. Right. You know, always got to represent the fly. You know it, you know and it. this episode is entitled "Black Male Trauma." We literally could have ended it right there when I said he's from Flint and he's black. <laughs> it's,
1: self, it's self-explanatory. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? Like, really <laughs> say less.
0: <laughs> say no more. <laughs> But you know, I, I hate to say it like that. You know, y'all know I love my city. I ride for my city. But it is a lot of trauma there, yes. especially growing up in the era and in, in time in which we grew up. But he took that trauma, turned it into black boy joy. He obtained his bachelor's degree from the University of Memphis. Shout out to the M. You know it.
1: You know it. He, uh,
0: he obtained his master's degree. He had a stunt on him from the University of Memphis. Well, yeah. Go yeah. Tigers. Yeah, we did that. And right now he's working on his Ph.D. I'll let him further tell you what he's focusing on with that Ph.D. and where he's getting it from.
1: Well, um, it's by techniques you could say it's a Ph.D., but I'm going for my educational doctorate uh, in leadership uh, at the University of Trevecca, Nazarene. Uh, It's in Nashville, Tennessee. It's Christian University, which is Major, given that I am uh, a non-denominational, well, I wouldn't even say non-denominational. I'm non-religious, per se. You know what I mean? I'm very spiritual. I believe in God. I believe in being a great person. I believe in karma. But I'm not religious by any means. But I'm going to a Christian university. And it's a, it's a challenge. Um, because I have to introspect and hold my my views and everything. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like... I can be I can be a little opinionated at times and also because I have to continually find value in religion, mm. which is, you know, kind of ironic. But do I you not do
0: it. you not find value in religion?
1: No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. What I'm saying is I definitely find value in religion, but given a person that doesn't practice religion, you know, it, it puts me in a space to where I'm practicing in a sense you know what i mean because i have to do uh devotionals weekly i have to uh meet with class members weekly in terms of just uh connecting on a spiritual level so specifically for christianity though and like i said i don't normally do it specifically for christianity so it kind of it's making me get more practiced and open open open-minded which i do appreciate you know what i mean so like i said it's just ironic
0: Do do you remember that one time you came to dallas and we were out in the streets having a good old time, and the people were preaching in the street. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I had a whole little ministry with yeah, them. <laughs> you,
1: you did. And they were trying to comfort me, too. Like they
0: were they were trying to convert you so hard. They was
1: trying to convert me, for real, which I'm like, man, you know. Uh, even you, there's though nothing I, to convert. I believe in God. You know, I go to church, I, I, but not just specifically any church. You know what I mean? Like, I, well, there's nothing to convert. I guess I got to get saved and sanctified, which I understand. And filled that, with the Holy Ghost. You know?
0: So I'm a Christian, but... And I don't want to say, but I hate to add that caveat, yeah. but it is not, even though the religion in a sense teaches you like you need to convert people, so to speak, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind of, and they'll know we are Christians by our love. And if I be lifted, I'll draw all men unto thee. So I don't necessarily gotta beat you over the head with it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And so anyway, what, what do we say all that to say? Welcome to the Today Talks podcast. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the to Today Talk uh, ministry hour. <laughs> but we
0: really wanted to talk about this, this, um, I guess, issue in the black community of black male trauma. Yeah. I don't think that it's addressed enough. Paris and I were talking about two months ago and we, you know, we routinely check in on each other. But we end up talking. Our conversations could go on for hours. We were talking about something else. It led to blackmail trauma. And then then we
1: talked for another. We had already talked for like an hour. We were actually getting off the phone. And then somehow we we segued into blackmail trauma. It (laughs) it stole another hour. So we had to make it into a podcast. We had to
0: make it into a (laughs) a podcast. And this is very important to me uh, because in recent years, my own son experienced blackmail trauma. At the hands of another male who himself experienced black male trauma. And sometimes it could just be perpetual. And we want to be able to stop it so that we don't hurt or harm anyone, whether it be emotionally or physically or intentionally or unintentionally. So we need to talk about these things and we need to address these things. As I mentioned before, we're from Flint, Michigan. And so... Mm -hmm. Trauma is not new. We ain't new to it. We true to it. We true to it. (laughs) (laughs) Seasoned. (laughs) Seasoned trauma experiences. And I hate to say it. You know, we started losing friends to trauma. Yeah. Would we dare say elementary? (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah, started elementary with people, you know, young males selling drugs at the elementary level or being a lookout for their uncles. Or a lot of their, you know, parents, whether it be the father or the mother or both, being drug addicts. So, you know, crack cocaine came out in the 1980s. And a lot of those children, you know, grew, those babies were children of the 90s while their parents were still struggling with addictions. Yes.
1: And that was uh, key to black male trauma is that time period. I mean, like, seriously, like. Th- this story is so repetitive, mm-hmm. and you can find the statistics on it for how many people that struggle with this same thing from the African-American community that, like, like it's it's ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. it is really ridiculous that for a span of about 20 years straight, we just continually piled trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma. And now we're at the point where we're trying to fix it, which is great, mm-hmm. but it's... It's hard to look back at that time. It's, it's hard to accept what we were subjected to mm. because we, that's what we need to understand first. Yeah. While we are, first of all, responsible, and when I say we, that's the African-American community, and African-American males, we are, first of all, responsible. But it's key to note that we were subjected to a treatment and a plot and a ploy that affected our community and devastated us and, and tore our foundation apart and that's the result was that trauma so while we are responsible it was it was something that we were subjected to
0: and it was planned you know yeah. it was it was planned through the CIA which now they're putting it on TV but yeah. at first you know they were hiding that the CIA wasn't was even involved in flooding our neighborhoods yeah, and our yeah, communities yeah, with drugs to fund Governmental things that were going on in other countries, right? And and right. and this is not me speaking out of the side of my neck. It, it's public record. It is. It <laughs> is. And, and so a couple. It's pop
1: culture now.
0: It's pop culture like you, you now. You got Snowfall.
1: Yeah. You got the Gary Webb tapes. You got uh, uh, To Kill a Message. Uh, Kill the Messenger, mm-hmm. which is a movie about Gary Webb. I mean, it's just so much. Uh, media it's porn out there, now. It is. It is. It's it's trauma. I been mean, down the rabbit hole for about five years just learning about it. I mean, and there's it's it's so deep and interesting, but and it reads like a novel or like a TV show. But it's, it's salacious.
0: Reality. It's sh- it's salaciousness now. Our trauma is big bucks, it, which mm-hmm. it always has been. The first capitalism of the United States of America was chattel slavery, black people. Yes. So he's talking about 20 years of the crack epidemic, coupled that with the 400 plus years of slavery. <laughs> right. Trauma it's is just, ongoing. It's, it's a continuum. It is.
1: But there was a point where we started to rise and build. Yeah. And that's when another attack came because we, we, we. Found a new foundation mm-hmm. and we were building on that. And every time we find a foundation, here they come. <laughs> here they come, come. with their bullshit. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and then, you know, we have this magical drug, the CIA. Well, we put it in the ghettos. We don't no, Nobody cares about them. Let's, uh, let's send it down there and we know what's going to happen. I think it was deeper than that, though. You know, it, it, lo- it reads like we were just the butt of what was going on.
0: Speak more into the oh, mic. Okay. <laughs> I'm right, sorry. Yeah, I got you. I got you. It
1: reads like um we were just the butt or the result of the war going on in Nicaragua. Mm. But I think it was more of a plot and ploy for real. To it, uh, to it absolutely was. You know, like destroy our community. I don't think we were just the people that they dumped the drugs off on because they were uh making agreements with the uh, yeah. the Nicaraguan government. But I think they actually wanted to help. Destroy our community, and I think they thought it was a good way to do it, and they succeeded.
0: <laughs> they, they definitely, they, they did what they say. They did that. They did. that. <laughs>
1: they did that. <laughs> they for did real. that shit.
0: And you said some earlier about how uh, it's hard to watch. It is, and it is so hard to watch. I don't even think people understand how hard it is. My parents did not struggle with a uh, drug addiction at all. They did not. But I saw it around in my community with a lot of my friends and, you know, their family members, where there was their mom, dad, uncle. So now with shows like Snowfall, even though I watch it, it's hard for me, like in the pits of my stomach. It makes me feel like I'm on a roller coaster Mm -hmm. and that, you know, when when your stomach drops when you're on a roller coaster or or even trauma movies like Boys in the Hood, all those 90s movies that New Jack City is one that hurts me to the core. It's, when, so, it's so real. When G-Money, you know, gets addicted to the crack. Because we know in my today adult mind, I know what that's going to lead to. Mm-hmm. So it makes me sick. I can't, a lot of people say, oh, that's my favorite movie. I cannot even go back and watch those movies. Yeah, because it's they, trauma. Yeah, because they're,
1: they're a reminder. And to touch on something that you just said, as far as you didn't have parents who struggled with drug addiction, so there wasn't a first-hand uh, experience with that. Type of trauma, but you were definitely indirect, indirectly, affected. impacted. By it, yeah, you know? like, the drug
0: dealers was on, they on the were, corner. Like you said, they were, they were in our classroom. <laughs> they I mean, in we're our not classroom. gonna say no names, we but we, say we, no we got names. partners
1: that you know was like, you, you know, like you, you was on that third grade. Like we was confused, like, why? How, who giving you access to what you, what you're able to do? You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. and not only that, but other results like, uh, you know. Crime rates, crime mean, you know, rate, like let's let's talk about it. Like, what resulted from the crack era, the mm-hmm. prison industrial complex, and you know, the war on drugs, and who, who was at the butt of that? Black uh, people, yeah. you know what I mean. So, how many cousins, uncles, men that you just know uh, in, from
0: in the system? Half a half of them now are just now getting out. Just
1: now getting out. My father being one of them who hasn't gotten out yet, but he's in that system because of the same reason. He's done 21 years in the system that was designed to destroy him, and he fell victim to. While he wasn't a victim because he made his own choices, like I said, he was still subjected to something that was a plan that he had no control over. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: on top of the fact, and it's so crazy, you know, I've been to three states where marijuana is legal, and we're going to get <laughs> into the story, right? But when I go into those dispensaries, you know... As to, to view it, guys, just to see <laughs> the main people that be lined up to get in or when you get access in are white women and white men in the dispenser. I'm talking about buying heavy yes. and, and they taxing up in there. OK, you're going to come out spinning upwards, of, no matter what, 100, 100 or more.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. You, in in you the easily. It, you,
0: and so it makes I mean,
1: you. I, I smoke marijuana. I'm not going to okay. front. Yeah, if you are you smoking, saying I'm
0: fronting? I, mean, I ain't you saying you're fronting. You, frontin'. yeah. it, <laughs> you right. said I'm not going to front. Just, <laughs> you, no, I'm, I'm <laughs>
1: specifically about, you know, me. And, okay. You know, yeah,
0: focus on yourself. I'm focusing. Okay, on you. shit. You
1: know, everybody else, you know, whatever <laughs> they do, I ain't saying nobody else arrives. Right,
0: okay, smoke.
1: period. Anybody. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, it is. It's and it's so boutique now. And
0: oh, that's the word, you boutique. Know, you know what I mean. And it's like let everybody that went in for a marijuana charge let them out, right? Because right. they'll take our trauma. They'll create. They'll they'll create our trauma, and like you said, sell it back to us. But then we're still suffering from it. How many men are locked up? Right on a, now, and we're not going to even talk about crack cocaine. Marijuana, a marijuana charge, where they they had to be taken from their kids, and in turn, their kids struggled mentally and uh, physically and all these That's because they weren't
1: there i mean seriously over marijuana and like you said it's legal in multiple states i myself was a victim of that i have uh marijuana charges on my record so as a doctoral student <clears throat> wanting to teach higher level education it's something that i'm struggling with right now i have lawyers i'm trying to figure it out so that i can get my record expunged so that i can you know, administer education. How crazy is that? You know what I mean? Like, while it's legal in other states, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I got to really, like, work hard to get my record clear because I chose to smoke weed, which is, like, the, <laughs> I mean, like, the like, most harmless drug in the world. Like, people be tripping on weed and it's not that serious. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad the world changing now, but I wish it would have changed five years ago <laughs> when they jumped on my ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? About a couple bags of weed. Like, seriously, man. Cause, right. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, a uh, law-abiding citizen. I own properties. I have businesses. Why, like, why is this such and a big issue? You know what I mean?
0: It's crazy that you just had to uh, say a law-abiding citizen when half the people, business owners, corporations are not law-abiding citizens. Right, right, right. <laughs> the law just happens to bend in their favor. Yes, but that's another yes. story. So yeah. let's get into it. Okay. Black male trauma survivors are significantly less likely to be utilizing mental health services. Um, than other ethnic groups. High other, excuse me, other sex ethnic groups. So this is specifically focused on me- black males. Mm-hmm. High levels of daily crisis, a lack of steps to obtain services, and service eligibility issues were significant individual barriers to mental health service for black males. Whereas social support, occupational disability, and PTSD, that's post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms, severity, were significant facilitators for mental health service use. Excuse me. So basically, that, that's basically to say that b- black males have, they're survivors of trauma, but... How they address the trauma there is not being addressed it isn't uh whether they're not obtaining uh, obtaining the services for whatever reason or, or either they don't even qualify for the services, so there's a barrier there, maybe they don't have health insurance, uh maybe they're a felon, just all these things and they don't have the social support sometimes it's a stigma within they, the the homies that they hang around, you know right. they don't right. want to admit that hey yes. I'm going yes. to get help. <laughs> I mean, you know.
1: like you said earlier, I mean, the, your son dealt with trauma that came from someone who dealt with trauma. So yeah. while we, there is a, a looming oppressor outside of African American males, African American males are also their own bane of existence as well. By like you said, not indulging in things such as health care not let's let's scratch health for a second, not even indulging in regular medical care
0: yes <laughs> you know regular I mean? medical care for something as simple as that ongoing headache that you might right, have, right right, and then it's too late, you got an aneurysm yes,
1: yes, I mean, like so health care, medical care, I mean just basic responsibilities of malehood manhood and just being a male like we we need more examples we need more action we need to be more involved in teaching the youth and involving ourselves a lot of times we look at each other and say okay well it's too late for me so we need to figure it out for the kids no we need to figure it out for ourselves i'm 36 years old it's not too late for me to learn how to eat healthy it's not too late for me to get therapy it's not too late for me to uh learn to communicate and learn to love i mean you know like I said, we can be our own Achilles heel at, at times. Yeah, you was a victim, but yeah, you, you ain't got to keep spinning in the same circle, going through yeah. the same bullshit because you don't want to make yourself better. You know what I mean?
0: Or for get it. the help, take the medicine, for real. Seek the therapy, for real. Talk it out. So, what has been your experience with trauma? And you, you have such a. I don't want to say it's unique. It ain't nah, unique. It's not unique. It's just at all. fascinating.
1: Yeah, I mean. I, the whole of my experience with trauma is uh specifically for myself is you know with crack cocaine addictions from my both of my parents uh imprisonment from my father and continued imprisonment i haven't uh had a strong relationship or even hugged my father since i was 4 years old you know what i mean so um and my mother i basically emancipated myself from her when I was 11 years old and kind of just had to fend for myself from there for a while with with support of family and friends, but not in a real family structure that was needed. And, and that's the core of my trauma. Now, th- it, 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 there was more that came after that. And then, when, as I got older, I started to self-inflict, which is another key thing. Like, black men self inflict a lot. But yeah, that's the core of my trauma, just dealing with uh, lack of parenting, lack of uh, resources, Um, being in low income, uh, being around a lot of crime and violence, you know what I mean? And that's where my trauma comes from, specifically. And like you said, it's not unique at all. There's millions of kids, I mean, millions of kids that's going through the same thing and that have went through the same thing.
0: I remember you told me years ago, and I don't know if you recall this story, something about having to use urine to... Do you know what I'm referring yeah, to? Do yeah, yeah. you want to share that? That's
1: traumatic. Okay. okay, now you want to talk about some specifics. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I been through some stuff. I ain't going to lie. I've been through a yeah, lot. Lie. I mean, you know, Yikes. not just because I was black, but because I was poor as hell, you know what I mean? And didn't have a lot of uh, support and guidance. And, you know, because of the situations that I was placed in. So. Okay, I'll tell you about a, a, bad, a bad story that happened to me. Um, come, growing up as a kid, we were in the same class uh, in third grade. No, no, we weren't. Were you in Ms. Williams?
0: No, that was fifth grade. Was Ms. Williamson?
1: Ms. Boyle. I was Ms. Ms. Boyle.
0: Boyle. That's that's fifth grade.
1: Yeah. What grade? What class were you in? Third. Uh,
0: Ms. Cribbs.
1: Ms. Cribbs. Okay, not same class, same school. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, kind of a little different lifestyle though. Me, myself. We didn't have lights, water, gas. You know what I mean. Um, I was living in a house with a lot of people addicted to drugs, making a lot of bad choices. You know what I mean. And I had hair at the time as a kid. You know, um, I guess I got what black people call good, good hair. Good
0: hair. <laughs> <You do>? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, the juices and the berries. That's like, It was tail. so pretty. I
1: used, to, I used to rock the pony. I got <laughs> dreads now. You can't tell me. <laughs> I used to rock the ponytail as a kid. You know what I mean. And Even though you got good hair, you know what I'm saying, you want your shine, you're going to need you some grease and water uh, some shampoo, I mean, uh, some conditioner or something, right? Right. Given that I didn't have any water in my house as a kid, when we would get jugs of water from the store or borrow from a, a neighbor, I would give me a special cup of water and sit it in the window and put my hairbrush in it so that I can, you know what I'm saying, get, get the pony right every morning. You <laughs> feel me? Like I, every morning I get up, I brush my ponytail to go to school. Well, my aunt, who's living with us at the time, didn't know what the cup was for. And we didn't have any water in the house. So she needed somewhere to use the bathroom. She was pregnant in the middle of the night. She needed somewhere to use the bathroom. So she takes the cup that I use to brush my hair every morning. And she pisses at it. <laughs> so I wake up the next morning not knowing I'm brushing my hair with it. And I get to walk into school. My mama like, what's that smell? I'm like, yo, I don't know. She like, I think your auntie pissed in your cup that you used to brush your hair with. Mm-hmm. Well, wow, that's, that's a story that's like, you know, kind of, you know, entertaining
0: per se. It's, it wasn't entertaining when you told me. I was mortified. I laugh at it, but you know,
1: I learned, that that was my medicine, learning to laugh at my trauma. I'm very goofy, I make a lot of jokes, you know, me and her, all we do is laugh all day, but I learned (laughs) to laugh at my trauma instead of letting it be things that, you know, kind of weigh me down and hurt me, which was a hindrance, I found out later as an adult, because I I blocked a lot of stuff out, and I tried to brush it off with comedy a lot, and it didn't address any real issues, you know what I mean? It it made you feel better temporarily, which is necessary. But it didn't address any real issues, and I had to go back and face those issues anyway, you know what I mean? So it's not always good to try to laugh off your pain, you know what I mean?
0: Like, Bread, yeah, and uh, And a lot of comedians, you know, Paris and I both love comedy. I tell Paris all the time, please be a stand-up comedian, <laughs> because most of the best comments is steeped in pain. Right. right. When we thought Kevin Hart was funny, it was because he was talking about, yeah,
1: we're talking about <laughs>
0: painful serious? things. Yeah, yeah. You know, it ended up being funny. It, it's not you, funny in and the grand and scope. Relatable
1: to other people. It
0: know? was super relatable, and so that's what we do. I'm the same way. I laugh when I'm nervous because that's a coping mechanism, right, and I, right, laugh, yeah, I and I laugh man, when things are I make jokes crazy. At funerals. Like I, I like
1: not about the funeral, but I'll make something to try to lighten up the mood. Yeah. Just because I don't know how to deal with pain per se, I had to I had to learn that about myself.
0: Yeah, when my, mom, when my mom died, Paris was Paris was in town. Do you remember? Yeah. Like, you had me just cracking up the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Then yeah. we went out to the club, and then I broke down. Like, yeah. I broke down in the middle of the club. You know, you know. I could only laugh and put it off for you so, know, so long. For, for you know, so long. And, and that's a real thing, man.
1: You got to deal with it. You can't just try to bottle it all up and laugh it all off. You know what I mean? Nah, it don't work like that you got to really deal with this trauma.
0: So how have you coped and handled your trauma? Uh,
1: like I said, early on, it was a, a, it was a matter of building up defense mechanism, mechanisms, uh, learning how to not feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For like the majority of my life, up until about 23, 24 years old, I didn't know how to feel things. You know what I mean? And I prided myself on that. I ain't got no feelings. I'm real. I'm hard. I don't care about nothing. And you know, that got me through, but that built up a lot of walls, damaged a lot of relationships. I mean, you know, it just, that just wasn't the way to be. So at some point in my maturity and having emotional breakdowns from dealing with so much trauma, like, I just had to learn, to, you know, for one, pray. I mean, like I said, you don't have to be religious to have a serious relationship with God, and I have one. I mean, I'm. I, that's important. I prayed a lot, and I learned to Really, find out what was wrong with me. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. or what what issues I was having. Because nothing's wrong with me. It wasn't my fault for what I, what I dealt with as a child, but what issues I was having, and and really face those issues. I couldn't afford therapy as a young man, but I knew that I needed to to work on some things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't I didn't have the resources, and I didn't like you said, lack motivation because all my homeboys, we all hard. Ain't No feelings, <laughs> bro. What you, bro, you you got feelings,
0: bro. What? Like, you, you never know, appeared that way to me. No,
1: no, that's internal. But because you, I mean, that's another thing. It's like, I appreciate having friends, female friends, first of all, Mm -hmm. and friends like you who were, like, very pure, you know what I mean? You -hmm. were very innocent and pure your whole life, so you... Always saw the bright side of things and always wanted to love and hug and be a good friend to people. And mm-hmm. that's important to have, you know what I mean? Because if you only uh, surrounded around, dog, ain't no feelings, dog, ain't <laughs> no feelings, dog, you know what I mean? Like, that's gonna take you out, you know what I mean? Yeah, early. Yeah. You, out early. Have, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you don't, you don't need that. Like, you need some sensitivity around you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that's what I learned is that, like, I had to deal, I had to look at my issues and figure out what was wrong with me and accept, or let me stop saying what was wrong with me. Except that I had issues and work on those issues. So, mm-hmm. like, I had anger issues. So, I had to start really thinking about, like, man, what what triggers you to be angry? Deal with it. You know what I mean? I bottled up a lot of things instead of expressing myself, you know, directly to the people that I had issues with. And I used a lot of TV, like, TV methods. I ain't even going to lie. Like
0: I can't lie either. Like, TV was my first therapist. Bro, <laughs> real, like, everybody go confront they bully on TV, right? And that's how you get over stuff. So, I'm like, yo... Man. remember, my mama my... <laughs> hurt me,
1: my daddy hurt me. I'm going to confront them because that's how I'm gonna get over this. You feel me?
0: So. <laughs> remember, on my brother and me, he was like, uh, when uh, Alfie told no, which was the older brother's name? Uh, um, the big brother told the little brother to go confront his bully. Alfie
1: and um, Alfie and uh, all I remember is goo
0: <laughs> Alfie and D, I think, and goo, well, yeah, D, 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 the little yeah. brother D. And he was like, You go up to your bully and you say, Hit me, hit me. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> and he, went up, he confronted him. He went up to the building. He was like, when D, when Didi came home, he had a black eye. He was like, did you walk the walk? Yeah. <laughs> did you talk the talk? Yeah. And did you say, hit, hit me, me, hit me, hit me? He said, yeah. So what happened? I got hit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember? I remember it too, though. You know, funny
1: story, though. You talking about my brother and me? My, I name, I nickname my son Goo off of uh, my, brother my brother and, and me. Yeah, Goo Punch. That was one of my favorite goo songs. Goo Punch.
0: Goo punch. All Everybody right now, like, Goo Punch. punch. Everybody, <laughs> Goo
1: Punch. I, I call my son Goo right now. Like for <laughs> real, that's funny you say that.
0: <laughs> I, I love that show, but you're right. You have to find your way to cope, and you know some of those kids who experienced that, they turned to drugs themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, one person that sticks out in particular to me is uh, Chrissy Brown, uh, Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown's daughter. Mm -hmm. Her story is so sad to me because she witnessed them that was most of her childhood watching them be addicted right, to what they right. were addicted to in her situations. Yeah. And then sometimes they turn to it. but you know, we had TV, we liked comedy. So yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. let me tune in Man. and your escape, right? Yes. It's it's your escape. But to your point about confronting a bully and I like Didi cause Didi did all the steps. He did all the yeah. steps and he still got hit. And that's what you gotta know. That,
1: and that's what you gotta
0: know.
1: Which brings me to another good story. And this, I mean, first of all, let me preface this by saying that I have an exceptional relationship with my mother, and we are close now and all that. But anyway, I went and confronted the bully.
0: <laughs> Period. Because <laughs> I ain't like when you was up there smoking yeah. crack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you hurt me.
1: I I had to leave you. We. I'm damaged. I'm angry. Mm-hmm. It's all your fault. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We we had to. I, I cried like I hadn't cried, in, like I forgot how to cry. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I remember one time when I was in grad school that you told me you didn't cry, like, <laughs> like, and I was like, "Yeah, don't cry." <laughs> <laughs> like
1: at all, what? you know what I mean? So this was one of the most. Like you see, I can remember my cries. <laughs> this is one of them cries, you know. <laughs> Finally, I'm gonna face the bully again. This time, i to tell you everything you did to me. You know right. what I mean? And I'm talking to my mom. We having a real heart to heart. You know, we deep in it and you know i'm telling her everything and she look at me like yeah it's the same thing that happened to me. Like, Funny. nonchalant as hell. Like <laughs> I'm like, I done gave you everything. Like, I don't express none of that. I'm, I'm hard. I'm, you gave oh, her an oh, award-winning oh, oh,
0: winning performance. No,
1: I gave it all
0: to her. I'm talking
1: about the crocodile tear. Every, you hurt me. Ah, She's like, bro, I'm talking about I did flinch. First of all, this is how you know I'm raised by some wolves, bro. because my mama's like, all these folks that raised me is wolves. wolves. Like, she didn't flinch me, G, and was like, yeah, it happened to me too. Shit, sh- shit happens. <laughs> shit happens, bro. And and I'm like, damn. And I had that gross realization, like you said. Yeah. Hit me! Hit me! <laughs> hit me! And what he do? He hit your ass. I mean, you know, th- there is no fix. And that's that's it. That's. <laughs>
0: Dog. <I'm sorry.
1: laughs> you so crazy. <laughs>
0: I should not be laughing this high at that traumatic ass experience, but y'all gotta be in this studio.
1: (laughs) It's it's the truth, though. But you know, like that's that's what we have to know. You know, there there is no end to trauma. There's Mm -mm. only reshaping your your view of it and growing from it. You know what I mean, like. I'm never going to forget that I, I grew up in the trap in the crack house and that I used to charge crackheads to get in my house and, you know what I mean, didn't know where my next meal was coming from. I'm never going to forget that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm never going to forget seeing my mother abused by drug dealers, like physically. I'm nine years old. I can't fight them. You know what I mean? I, I'm never going to forget that. That has an emotional stain on me. You know what I mean? But – is that going to shape me? No, not at all. No, I don't let it shape me. I, I laugh now, not because I had pain and I'm trying to mask it. I mm-hmm. laugh now because I finally am over all the anger and hurt. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what you're supposed to do. You got to accept, like, bro, hey, that's what happened to you, but that ain't what's happening to you. Yeah. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? And that ain't what's happening to me at all. I got a great life now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Happy about everything.
0: Like, I He said, rich I gotta, now, y'all. Lord, Lord, yeah. Lord <laughs> Paris. <laughs> Lord Paris. Star is rich now. I am. He, he, at the top of the call, at the the call, at the top of the show, I I mentioned that um, he, you know, is from Flint, but, you know, lives in Memphis, but actually he's a resident of the world now. He, you know, he travels (laughs) with his family, which is beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, we just left San Diego, now we in um, uh, Manhattan. For a while, but yeah, yeah, and all of that can be that that can be had by anybody. And no, I'm not rich at all. Don't don't listen to her. She just gets <laughs> <laughs> Like, like we, just everybody's comfortable. We work hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, We're they blessed. work hard. They we work thank, hard. Thank God for everything we got. And now nah, I'm not rich. I will want to be one day. And
0: he's like, definitely work making the strides towards it. And that's one thing that he's always done in the midst of all his adversity. Um, he, he always worked hard whether it was in his grades you know at the time he wasn't getting money at the time but it's like and, and that's what I tell my son your grades are your currency at that time when you were a kid that's your currency. It, it can get you to the Seriously? next promised land. It, it's going to get you and open up those it's, opportunities. It's key. You're
1: always your currency. I mean, um, there's a very uh, small percentage of people that actually, you know what I mean, uh, start out with a whole lot of support. So, I mean, you got to have that hard work and, and getting them books to get scholarships, to get everything. It's always going to be your currency. You know what I mean? It's always been mine. Having a resume, going to college and stuff like that is what got me good jobs and all that. You know what I mean? Like, it's always going to be your currency, for real. Mm-hmm. But but um who is going to go to the next question.
0: Yeah, so how does trauma affect you as a husband and a father?
1: That's a real question right there. <laughs> and it it makes me be honest because we talked earlier, I think it was off camera, mm-hmm. about the the you talk white thing. Yeah. You know what I mean the Black dynamic in a white world trying to fit in thing, you know what I mean? And why that, why that applies to your question is because my wife is from, you know, uh, a comfortable suburban middle class, middle class situation, and not only just financially, but Emotionally, emotionally, having both parents in the home, having, you know, and grandparents, both, both sets of grandparents married to both sets of, you know, you know, like Mm -hmm. she comes from thick stock when it comes to uh, family support and family foundation. I want
0: to kind of pause right there about how significant that that is in some of my research. Most black males don't know their father or grandfather or grandfather's father. So the fact that she, you know, daddy, granddaddy, great granddaddy. Yes, that's 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 like uh, gold. That's jackpot.
1: I mean, you know, I ain't gonna say that's the number
0: one reason. (laughs) I mean, that's
1: I mean, she fine too, but you know, (laughs) you come from good stock, baby. You know what I mean? I ain't mad at you know. But yeah, so she comes from that type of life, and you know, it has a suburban um, aspect to her. You know what I mean? Like my wife don't. She don't get like you know like I had to teach her about like when we run out of things like you know bread you know what I mean like you can fry the bologna and just eat it in your hand type of stuff like that she don't know nothing about sugar bread she don't know nothing about none of that you know what I mean my son loves noodles she don't never eat noodles you know. Like she ain't got none, she ain't on none of that you know what I mean I'm but
0: not I'm not on that either I mean but you at some point <laughs> in life
1: there there were those type of things you were exposed to she was never exposed to okay. you know what I mean so with that being said my son you know. He's a privileged kid, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, with a half-privileged m- family because his mama came from privilege, too. So it's like me and my trauma and my broke-assness, you know what I mean, being poor <laughs> and never having it, it's like I have to deal
0: with a lot of. Imposter syndrome. You know what I mean? That's for, what they call it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the term. Know, yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> like, do oh. I really belong with her? Yeah, for one, <laughs> for two,
1: I have to, like understand that they don't see the world that I see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I saw the world from not knowing where your next meal comes from. So that's my perspective. Like, the world ain't safe. But my son is like, bro, I'm walking and eating all day. Like, my daddy got (laughs) money. I ain't worried about nothing. I want crab legs today, daddy. Can we go to Mexico and eat salsa? My (laughs) eats crab legs. My son, he requests sushi. You know what I mean? He eats it with the chopsticks. Like, my son on a whole other level, which I'm glad that I can offer that to him. But like I said, it's a struggle because my trauma is like, Man, I don't know nothing about all that, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I'm used to the bare minimum and the the PTSD in me is like, man, I I can't believe that I'm able to provide for my son to the point where he don't never have to worry about any of those things. Mm -hmm. And that's just one aspect of it. Now, the next aspect is I came from we're going to beat your ass, sit your ass down. aggressiveness boy you better be hard don't show no fear don't show no tears you know what I mean mm-hmm. and my son, softest guy as are you know what <laughs> <laughs> I like, mean? Like, like don't do that yeah so it drives me crazy you know because I, I went through this whole I'm um, hard phase and you know think thinking that's what a man is and mm-hmm. I had to learn afterward after all my trauma that that's not what a man is it's important yeah. to have those aspects of leadership and dominance and you know being able to stand on all certain masculine principles. But yeah. that's not what a man is. And I had to learn that because, you know, he, he was a softie. He cried a lot. You know, he wanted to hug a lot. Like, hey, you like, like I said, I ain't hug my daddy since <laughs> I was four. And I, yeah. I hugged my my son more in like the first, in one week. I, <laughs> I hugged my daddy in <laughs> my whole life. Like one week. Like my dad, and my son gonna come up like, you know, at least six times a day like, Dad, can I have a hug? Like yeah. that's, you know, and <laughs> where I came from, that's lame. That's corny. That's whack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's soft. But, but now, nah, like, me being a strong man, that I, I'm changing that narrative for myself. Because yeah. my trauma told me that all that th- stuff was whack. And I used to be like, oh, I got a soft son. He's going to be lame. Mm-hmm. But then I had to realize, like, bro, what is like he's talking about? Like, he's not soft. That's just who he is. He's and,
0: coming from a different en- environment. And yeah, I'm so glad yeah. you said that because even with my son, he's he's 10 And we adultify black children at higher rates than any other ethnic group. And and my son is tall. So he's 10. That's a little kid. And he's still into costumes. And I remember someone even said to me, you need to uh, tell him to chill out with all that costume stuff. He's getting too big for that. Too big for that?
1: He's 10.
0: And they said that when he was like eight.
1: But one, it's two, like
0: <laughs> what's cosplay?ing I know forty olds
1: out here like Four? Wonder Woman.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, you know what co- mean? cosplay. Uh, the, what is that? Comic Con. Yeah, All yeah, of that is yeah, real. That's so real. So, like, so you have to just accept people's
1: personality. Yeah, you know accept what I mean? that, and even and that's what I had to learn. Like, even because, with his
0: own dad, I had to be like. You know, he was tying certain aspects of his personality as being gay. Yeah. And I'm like, he's not gay. He didn't grow up in the hood. He don't got to be hard. Right, right, <laughs> right, right.
1: And I, that's, I, I, I'm guilty of that. Like I said, it was, I had to put myself in front of a mirror. I like this is one of the most pivotal talks I had with God uh, about fatherhood was like mm. stop being so hard with yourself and stop being so hard on him in the aspect of your expectation of his masculinity. Yeah, I, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I really had to learn that, like, cause, cause, like I said, you know, we 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 gang banging, we thugging, and that's where we came came from. Not we we as in me myself, but like my whole culture. That's what we know: hard, gangster, thugging, all that. You know what I mean, like, and that just. That's a myth, man. You know what I mean? If that's who you are and that's what your circumstances brought you to be, then that's fine. But you can't be trying to force that and create that as a personality type that needs to be emulated. You yes, know what I'm right. saying? And because
0: not saying that it's bad or good. No, it, it's just everyone is different. and everyone. It's counterproductive, though. And it is uh, I have to take a small break and have a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by The Body Shop at Home. Yeah, Independent. Beauty consultant Angie Brand. The products are 100% vegetarian, made with raw ingredients, head to toe essential products that you can use every day shampoo and conditioner, shower gel, body butter, skincare for all skin types, platinum customer service, and much more. You can book a free virtual one on one with Angie Brand or get some friends together for a free virtual skincare class. If you also want to be your own consultant and be an independent representative of the body shop at home, you can work 100% from home, you get your own website, you don't have to meet any quotas, and there is no inventory, only $79 for your consultant kit, which features 13 full-size products, which are worth over $235, and you get 25 to 30% commission, plus you get 20% discount on all products. Ground-level income opportunity with an established brand. You can get products from Angie Brand at www.thebodyshopathome-usa.com slash Angie Brand. There will be a link provided in the show notes um, where you can shop or contact Angie to become a consultant. And there is free shipping on all orders, $50 or more. For more information, please follow Angie Brandt at the Body Shop Bay. And you can DM her for business inquiries. At the Body Shop Bay. Ain't that a dope name? Yeah, that rings. I, I like, that. like it. The body Shout shop. Shout out to Angie. Shout out to Support Angie. Do that. <clears throat> How are you shielding? <laughs> I'm sorry. How are you shielding your own child from trauma? And is it even possible to shield your child from trauma in this American system?
1: Ooh, okay. I was ready for the first part of that question. <laughs> <laughs> I have my answer locked and loaded. Go ahead okay. with it. Okay, so I'm answering from, the, from a uh, personal standpoint for the first part of the question. Um, and shielding my child from my trauma, because he doesn't have any, you know what I mean? So shielding him from my trauma, uh, one of the key things that I had to learn was vulnerability. Like I said, hugging all day, telling, you, telling him I love you all day being sensitive to the things that he's interested in that may not reflect my own personality. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, taking pride, being there every day, communicating with him, talking to him. You know what I mean? Being a father 100% of the time. It never taking a a moment off. My son just called me before I came in here. He's probably going to call me when I leave. Like, (laughs) just always being involved. And that's the best thing that I can do for it And for him. But another key is I have to work on me, you know what I mean? I have to shield him from my trauma by shield, by building away a from my trauma myself. Like, I can't just, I can't wallow in it. Like I said, you gotta move forward. That happened to you, it's not happening to you. What's happening to you now, if you're a um, black male with kids, you're a father now, you're a businessman, you're a businessman, you're not in those traumatic situations <laughs> anymore. You, you, hopefully, your, your parents or whoever you dealt with that had that traumatic, maybe addiction or, uh, uh, sexual abuse, whatever have you, may, hopefully they moved away from that to where it, it, it's not affecting them anymore and it's not affecting you anymore. I mean, and that's the thing. This this life is a continuum. You can't stay in the past. Depression is the past, so don't be depressed. Don't be stuck in the past. Build from it. Grow from it. Help other people that are in the situation. Don't think about yourself. Being selfless, that's a key. Being selfless, man. Don't worry about what you went through. Worry about how you can help other people that went through it or prevent them from going through it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Don't worry about yourself. The more you give to others, the less your wounds are going to hurt you. They're going to heal better. That's what I do, man. Just be selfless, man. Don't worry about it, man. Laugh at it. Mm -hmm. Laugh at your pain. (laughs) I I call (laughs) my head with some piss (laughs) before. I comb my head with some
0: piss but You know what I mean?
1: Like, hey, worse than happened to to better people, I'm sure. I ain't ain't a good person, but, you know, like, hey, I'm just one person that dealt with trauma, but we all deal with things and not just black men, not just black kids. This like we all have our own issues and Mm -hmm. we all need to learn to move forward from them however you need to. Therapy, uh, support from family, building on your own, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All of those. It's not just a, 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 one, a, a single unit. You know, you got yeah. to create a whole process that works for you to get you to that next foundation.
0: And know? it evolves. Because what ha- worked last year may not work this year. So you got to keep on reimagining it, yes, re, yes. you know, re- refitting it. But uh, the trauma in our American system that we, that we can't escape and exposure to trauma, whether through witnessing it or direct victimization, is often a daily reality for black males. Yes. So that's that's kind of like the caveat to the next question for your son because you can, your own personal trauma, you're helping him heal from that. Mm-hmm. But how can we help it in the daily witnessing nah. of this, this, this trauma porn that we see on the news cycles or even if you don't watch the news, it's on social media. If you're not on social media, someone's talking about it. So then...
1: I mean it's and it's it's not just as exclusive as the hot button topics that are in the news right now, you know the police br- brutality and you know the um lack of consideration for blacks. you know what i mean the, it's it's more important than that it's it's all of the aspects of it. it's the history books that tell us that we don't exist and that we weren't citizens. You have to shield your kids from that <laughs> it's the you know what I mean the classrooms where it's 33 kids and, it, and it's got like three sprinkles of uh, chocolate chips in there. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you have to shield your kids from that because those things create trauma as well. You know what I mean? So what I try to do is first of all, I homeschool my son. So that, I mean, he's been insulated. He's only five, but he's been insulated his whole life from uh, most of that, you know, and I don't promote a, a culture of only being uh Around black people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, nah, 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 I'm pro black to the death of I me, mean, you know what I mean? I, I, like, uh, it's probably, I'm a real dick. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, but. That's what you gotta know. You know what I mean? A, let's get that established. But <laughs> nah, I'm not promoting that culture to my son per se. So he has friends that, he speaks multiple languages. He has friends that are Hispanic, he has friends that are white, you know what I mean? He has Asian friends, uh, just depending on what he does, sports wise or educationally, you know what I mean? So I don't, bring him into those worlds where he's exposed to it at all. So he doesn't know about the traumas of the world yet. And for as long as I can keep him away from those traumas, I will. You know what I mean? The worst thing I have to deal with with my son is continually explaining to him about COVID, which is, uh, you know what I mean? But yeah. as far as black male trauma, he's not really uh, cognizant of it yet. And when he gets older, it's gonna be from a shielded standpoint that I make m- make him understand what what's going on. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like I said, it goes way deeper than just the hotbed topics of what's going on today in the news. I mean, like if I send him to school right now, the school book's gonna tell him that he he was he was a slave and he was never a citizen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that his, his history doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's super toxic. Toxic. That's, That's extremely toxic. Before you toxic. even get to you know the point of killing po- killing police, like five year olds are learning that. Your culture never mattered.
0: Yeah, that it <laughs> didn't contribute to... We're looking out at this beautiful... uh, What's the skyline? Landscape, yeah. This landscape. But they don't know that it was built on the backs of them. Yes. But they don't even get to enjoy it. Like no they, recognition. <laughs> no, there's no recognition. And they can't even enjoy it the way the counterparts might enjoy it in mm-hmm. the same way.
1: But what what I do is, like I said, expose him to situations... From a protective standpoint and also just continue to let him see uh, black men in a strong light. All of my friends, we're all successful in our own rights. We all believe in taking care of our families. We're all involved with our children. Whether you're in a relationship with the mother or not, you have to be, have a relationship with the mother respectfully and to work towards a a common goal because we gotta, we gotta make sure these black babies are, are, you know, they're, we got to start developing at a higher rate, man. Continually for like what the last fifty or sixty years, black people have been the lowest on the educational totem pole, the lowest on
0: the black males, because soci- black women supersede all. Yes, but when you <laughs> got,
1: when, when, you, when you got. One side being weighed up and yeah, one side being yeah. weighed down, we we coming right. all the way down. Come what, on. What is it? the, uh, the, uh, the, the um, what's that saying? The, you're only strong your, your weakest, weakest link. link. You feel what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, throw everything <laughs> at you. You're telling the <laughs> truth.
1: So, you know, like, it's, it's a job for all of us, and, and mainly for the kids. But we got to work on ourselves to focus on the kids, though. For real.
0: All right. So each year, trauma accounts for 41 million emergency department visits, 2.3 million hospital admissions and 192,000 deaths across the nation. According to the National Trauma Institute 2014 study, Mm -hmm. the American Psychiatric Association 2013 study diagnostic and statistical manual fifth edition defines a traumatic event. As exposure to actual or threatened death, serious injury or sexual violence in the following ways: One, directly experiencing the traumatic event, as Paris did with um, at the hands of like verbal abuse and what he verbal abuse from his parents being drug addi- addicted, witnessing in person or as it occurs to others. So he experienced number two: his mother being abused by drug dealers, his parents doing the drug possibly in front of him. Did mm-hmm. they ever do it in front of you? No, nah, no, nah, Okay, nah. but seeing the abuse from what yeah, it was happening.
1: that was what's going on. You know.
0: And also just witnessing in-person things that we've seen growing up, yeah. you know, the, the constant fights, the violence. Which is, um, I found a dead body before. I, mean, I don't know if I ever told you guys that casually um, in Flint, walking to my car in the parking lot, I called it in. <laughs> so, you know, just witnessing, just stuff like that. Yeah. Learning that the event occurred to a close family member or friend that's near and dear to us because in flint we lost a lot of our friends to gun violence violence. so that's traumatic uh experiencing repeated or extreme exposure to aversive details of traumatic events and we were experiencing a repeated of that growing up in flint with general motors leaving and the constant shutting out down of things (laughs) yeah from businesses to school closings just repeat it over and over again. Rates for trauma exposure among black males across studies vary by the type of traumatic events. That included physical abuse and assault, which was 52%. Sexual abuse, 37%, which this a lot of black males don't, talk about don't like enough. to talk about. Let's sexual us Not at all. Because I know a lot of males who have confided in me about their uh, sexual abuse. They don't want to be viewed as gay. Or they feel Sexuality like they allowed it to happen. Sexuality in black
1: males I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, okay. but not just specifically sexual abuse, but sexuality in black males as a whole. Like, it's so stigmatized yeah. that we walk around just so stiff and afraid to be ourselves because of how you feel on s- inside. It's not matching what you're expected to be like on the outside. Oh,
0: you know yeah. I mean? Even if you want to respect the woman, like you said, if yeah. you're around a community of guys who don't act that way you don't want to be the odd man out so maybe you might not even stop some of their behavior or even how how frequently they are getting sex Mm -hmm. um i know so many males who think that is just the basis of a relationship if i'm not getting it as often then there must be something wrong right right and it's like that's not the end all Mm -hmm. be all it plays it it plays an important role don't get me wrong
1: that's a, that's a whole <laughs> nother podcast. We'll get, that's on a, that. we'll
0: get on that. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, moving forward. Serious accident or injury, 52%. Death of a loved one, 59%. Domestic abuse, 24%. Emotional abuse, 62%. And witnessing trauma, 39%, according to the U.S. National Libraries of Medicine, National Institutes of Health. Trauma has been identified as a major public health and medical issue, and black males ages 18 and older are at a noticeably high risk for trauma exposure, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention 2016 study. Moving forward, what do you deem our solutions to have black males seek help for the trauma that they've experienced?
1: I think it's a collective effort. Um, I think we first have to take responsibility as black males for our own uh, mental health. Like Charlemagne, man, Charlemagne is a big, big proponent of mental health. He's always talking about it. And, he, you know, he, he kind of made it cool. Times, but it is. It, it, he made it cool. And he just made it a topic that you, he's forcing it into your face. Yeah. And if you don't want to hear it, he's still putting it there. And that's major, man, because we need to really focus on it, man. All this uh, hyper-masculinity, all this anger, all, all these high crime rates, all this gun violence. It's for a reason, man. Like, we, we don't naturally want to kill people. Like, no. like, what is all this, this gun violence about? Like, we got to really address it. And ways to address it, like I said, taking accountability first. So when you take accountability, then you're going to fix the problem. If you know you spilled that milk on the ground, then you, you wipe it up. And you're going to wipe it up. You know what I mean? So take accountability. But like I said, it's a collective effort. We need support from the women in our community. We need support from the leadership in our community. Mm-hmm. We need more avenues to express ourselves. We need more avenues to uh, have medical care that we can. Like Black men don't have a lot of access to medical care. Like I said, we still need to take our accountability first, and we'll be able to get it. But it's key. Go to the doctor, man. Go see, go, go see some professionals about your, your trauma. Open up. Talk to people about your trauma. Find support groups. Find support in your family. Build your family structure.
0: Or create a new one. Accept
1: your purpose as a leader. Black men are not accepting their purpose as a leader. Leaders are not the toughest guy who got the most money. Accept your purpose as a leader, man. We have to accept that we have jobs to do. We gotta influence children. We gotta clean up communities. We gotta Make a future for somebody else. Like those are those are the jobs of men, not just to be in a glorified situation, have sex with a lot of women, uh, spend a lot of time focused on yourself. If you if you are an adult male over the age of twenty five and you spend a lot of time focusing on your own personal agenda, um, you you're kind of part of the problem mm-hmm. we need to focus on our communities we need to focus on each other you need to be more supportive of your friends you need to be more involved with your family you need to be more hands-on with kids you and me I'm not saying this like I, this is what we all need to do and that's how we build our community and that's how we fight that trauma when you're involved with the kids you know who's being hurt you know who's not getting food mm-hmm. you know who's not uh doesn't have a, a dad at home yeah. you, you know that's Help. our job you know If you can spend time with yourself doing whatever your agenda is, it doesn't always have to be self-serving. You could be making money for your family, but it ain't all about money. You know what I mean? Like, you got to, hey, take that time for for the community. That's what we got to do. We got to start building, taking that accountability, for real.
0: And I want to end it with also saying don't expose yourself to trauma if you can prevent it. When there are viral videos going around of how – you know, people are dying in the streets. Don't just keep subjecting yourself to it, because as you heard in the studies, that affects your trauma, that affects your mental state. And yes. we've had a conversation about this before. There's no such thing as black-on-black crime, but the media feeds it, only feeds that yeah, to you. Yeah. So that's why you might say, well, we're killing ourselves. Everybody is killing Everyone. each yes, other. <laughs> yes, yes, um, but true. I want to thank you for being a guest on no. the show, Lord Paris Star. <laughs> uh, check out uh, some of his music, Peepaw the Star, on all streaming uh, platforms.
1: Yep, uh, BBE Works two two five underscore Records on Instagram, two two five underscore Kennels as well. Uh, we breed dogs. Um, follow all. Of, uh, well, if you follow my Instagram, you'll be able to follow my artists We have a record label. We got all kind of artists. You know, we got street artists. We got conscious artists and everything. But follow us. 225 underscore records. 225 uh, underscore kennels. And P. Paul D. Star on all platforms. You can I got plenty of music out there. Check me out, man.
0: And all the information will be available in the show notes. In true to Nate Talks Fashion, this is your chance to give out your shout-outs. Who are you giving a shout-out to?
1: Um, since we're doing black male trauma, I want to give a shout out to my guys that's locked up. Free all them guys behind the wall. Free Big P, first of all, my daddy. Free Lil' Deja. Free Lil' Miracle. Free Lil' Ray. You know what I'm saying? Free Yurt. Free all my guys, man. I, I mean, you know, that's important, bro. people, it's a, it's a, it's a, 600,000 black males out there in, in, the, in the system, and they need support and love. Free them guys, I want to see them come home. Especially my father, who's been in prison for 21 years on a nonviolent crime.
0: And write those people letters. Uh, shout out to my cousin William, Sleepy Eye Will, who's uh, behind the wall. Uh, write them letters. It does a, a world for them more than you'll ever know. Yeah, uh, shout out to the black males in my life, my fiance Terrence, and my sons, shout out to AJ, exactly. uh, Taj, and Kai.
1: Shout out to my family, TSE, Jealousy. Y'all know
0: what it is? You already know. Uh, Shout out to the whole Flint City. Shout out to Dallas. Shout out to Memphis. Uh, This show, again, was brought to you by The Body Shop at Home. Independent beauty consultant Angie Brand. 100% vegetarian made with raw products. Ingredients head to toe essential products including shampoo, conditioner, shower gel, body butter, skincare for all skin types, platinum customer service, and so much more. If you need a job, you can also become an independent consultant as well. Visit Angie at www.thebodyshopathome-usa.com slash Angie Brand. Uh, the link will be available below. And use the link to shop or contact Angie to become a salting free shipping on all orders, $50 or more. And follow her on Instagram at thebodyshop.com. Bay. The Again, Tanay talks bay. and you listen. Yeah. yeah. It's Tanay Talks.